Moncrief on News Talk. Time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today it's how to grow your own food. We're joined by Michael Kelly, founder of GIY and author of the GIY Diaries. Afternoon, Michael. How you doing, Sean? Uh, nice to talk to you again. So you for, too. Uh, so just take it. This is the situation. There's someone staring out of the back garden. They only use it to let the dog take the occasional poo in. That's <laughs> they, they've never used it other than that. So where should they start if they're thinking of growing their own food? Yeah, well, I suppose that's probably the case for a lot of people, I think, um, you know, or, or the trampolines or clotheslines or whatever, or maybe the only thing you're looking out at. And I suppose the first thing I'd say is maybe to think about the potential of it. So we, we have a kind of, in Grow HQ here in Waterford, we have a sort of a demo uh, back garden, like, so it's the standard, you know, it's your classic sort of suburban back garden size. Uh, has a patio and all the all the bits and pieces you'd normally have, and we've got three three kind of raised, small raised beds, so they're about you know two meters by one meter each mm. in the now, centre of that garden. I'll jump in there. Explain what a yeah. raised bed is. So a raised bed is basically when you're growing your own food, you need a depth of about you know about thirty to forty centimeters of decent soil, and for most of us in our garden, you know there isn't that kind of depth of soil. So a raised bed is basically you're building up the level of, of the soil. Um, usually it's made from timber, so it's effectively just a timber frame that sits on the on the grass and you fill it up with soil. So you get that sort of depth of soil that you need above the soil. Mm. And from from that from those three raised beds, we were able to last year we grew about fifty kilos of, of vegetables, right? Which is to put in context, Sean, it's about a quarter of a of a family's typical veg consumption for a year, and it'd probably be worth about you know four to five hundred euros if you if you were to buy it. Sure. And um, okay. so I suppose it gives you a sense of just like the potential of it. I suppose from even a relatively small amount of space. So uh, for the raised beds, now it sounds like it'd be you know you could get someone to make the the thing for you or even construct it yourself. Where do you yeah. get, where do you get, can you go and buy good soil? Yeah, you can. Um, I mean, it, like if if you have good soil in your back garden, and you can check that by like literally digging, like taking out a spade and digging. And if the soil goes down, you know, about a ruler's length or or, or forty centimeters maybe of deep into the soil, um, then you might not need raised beds. Like you could you could basically dig that soil and start growing into it. But I think in most gardens you've got. When builders are finished building a housing mm. estate, say they just you know they throw out some rubble, a bit of a bit of um, topsoil on top. So raised beds are a good way to do that. So so you can buy, as you say, you can buy the raised beds, build them yourself. Very simple to build, and then you know you can you can buy topsoil. So we use a lot of there's there's a, a company called Enrich, an Irish company that make make you, you can buy ton bags of topsoil from them. You can you can even buy it in garden centres in smaller bags and so on. So you can you can sort of start from there, and you get, the beauty of raised beds and and bringing in topsoil like that is you can literally start growing, you know, straight away into it without the sort of the the back breaking digging that I suppose is typically associated with well, with indeed. growing. Yeah, yeah, has that advantage too. So, but and and I suppose right, you've got your raised beds in place. Would the advice be now don't go mad on your first try? Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice, actually, because, lot, you know, what you do see happening quite a lot is people say they get an allotment or they get, you know, they're part of a community garden or, or even in their own garden. And they just they just go too, too, too far too quickly. And 
like growing your own food is is a life skill, right? And it's it's like a proper life skill. It takes time to develop. So I think you need to let your sort of your your experience catch up with your enthusiasm a little bit. And um, so definitely, I think picking you know five or six sort of vegetables that are easy to grow. Like we have a course on our website which is um, you know about growing twelve veg, twelve different type of veg in twelve weeks. So it's it's kind of Keeping it relatively small, small and manageable to start is really, really good advice. And actually, one of the things that was a surprise to me when I started was that, you know, some veg are actually really hard to grow and some are really easy to grow. So mm. actually, you know, things like I, I kind of assumed they'd all be the same, you know, and you sow them all at the same time of the year and so on. But they're not actually. They're all a little different. Things like potatoes and, um, you know, lettuce and beetroot and salad leaves and Herbs are very easy to grow. Things like uh, tomatoes and, um, uh, you know, what else? I suppose courgettes and a um, few other things like that. Tomatoes, carrots, they're, they're a little bit harder to grow. So I think oh. taking some of the things that are a bit easier to grow, that are that are, that are are quick to grow as well. Like if you think about tomatoes, you, you sow them in February. You're, you're getting your first harvest probably in July. And you could be dealing with the plants and eating them right up until October. So you're you're almost dealing with those plants right through the year. Whereas, you know, something like lettuce, you sow it and you harvest it within maybe sort of six weeks. Like so, I think starting with a few things that are easier to grow, that are quicker to grow, you get a couple of kind of quick wins under your belt, and 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 hopefully that gives you the kind of the motivation to keep going with it. Then, yeah, that's interesting there because I would have assumed that all root vegetables were relatively easy to grow, that you just chuck it in the ground and you don't have to yeah. do that much looking after them. And some of them are, like, so parsnips are an example, actually, that's very, very, very hardy, very thick. You know, they, they germinate, seeds germinate very reliably, which just means, you know, the the, the seedlings appear in the ground. They, they don't mind really about the soil. They're tough as old boots and they'll, they'll sort of go down through any type of soil. Um, so parsnips are a good one. Carrots, on the other hand, are, are quite temperamental. So they're, they, the seeds take about three weeks to germinate, particularly in cold, kind of colder weather. Um, so it's always good to wait until you know late April or mid-May, even before you sow carrots um, when things have warmed up a bit. Um, they like if you think about it, like a carrot seed, you, you put it on top of the soil, and the root goes down into the soil in search of you know water and and, and nutrients. And that's the part of the plant that we eat. And so if a carrot comes across a stone or a bit of hard ground, it'll actually fork. And that's why you see sometimes the kind of wonky carrots. Hmm. Um, so so it's, it's, it's one of the veg where you have to sort of work the soil a little bit, just make yeah. sure that... But if, if, know, if, nice say the car- if the carrot has, you know, uh, um, looks like it has a pair of legs, that's not going <laughs> to affect the taste of it. Or is no, just, not at all. Yeah, it, it'll be an absolute nightmare to peel, but um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it'll taste exactly the same. It's just, it's just. I, I think what you'd be after though is the nice long cylindrical kind of, mm. you know, shaped carrot that you'd you know and love, I suppose. But yeah. uh, they don't. They taste absolutely identical, you know. So uh, uh, this is all in your in your raised beds. So in, in terms of you know, are there are there creatures that attack them? Uh, you know, you know, do you have to protect them to any degree? Yeah, I suppose that's that's the other side of it. Like, it, it there is kind of maintenance. Like, it's not it's not a question of just sowing them and then forgetting about them. But most veg, like they need, um, they need a bit of minding. So, I suppose the first one would be kind of watering. Like, you know, in an ideal wor- weather, um, 
for growers is a little bit different to the ideal weather for the rest of the population in some ways because you are looking for plenty of rain over the summer so you don't have to water outside. If it doesn't rain, you know, for four or five days, then you need to water them. Um, so that'll be the first thing. Weeding is the second thing because, you know, uh, weeds are basically competition to the veg that you're growing. So they're they're competing for nutrients and, and so on in the soil. So keeping the bed kind of well well weeded and little but often is the key, like just getting out into your veg patch um, once a week with a, with, with a hoe and just giving it, giving it a bit of a run over um, almost before there are weeds and that just keeps on top of it then. Uh, rather than it turning into a huge, big job, you know, where you're down your hands and knees kind of thing. Um, and then the last area is, is pests. So so as as you said, like things like um, slugs are like the classic, you know, Irish garden pests because they love our kind of moist, um, kind of relatively warm climate. Um, they do really well in that and, and they cause absolute havoc. So there's kind of a couple of little ways you can deal with them. There's like... You can buy slug pellets, but they're very toxic and you don't necessarily want to be doing that where you're eat, when you're eating the food. Um, a beer trap is a really good thing. Slugs, like, even though I hate them, they're, they have one endearing habit or uh, behavior, which is they love beer. Um, huh. So if you put a little a little saucer on the surface of the soil with a little little bit of beer in it, they crawl in there and they 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 die a happy death in the in the beer. Um, Any particular so, sort of beer they favour, or, or uh, they... funny funny you should ask that. Actually, I did a bit of an experiment with that one year, and and they don't like non-alcoholic beer, so it's clearly the alcohol that they're that they're after. Um, I didn't notice any major difference between Yellow Pack and craft beer or whatever, so any, anything <laughs> at all after that. They're not hipster slugs, you know? Yeah. Now, but that's, okay, the slugs are easily dispensed with then. Uh, so the, any any other creatures around there, and how does one get rid of them? Yeah, there's a couple of specific ones then. There's, there's a really interesting little pest called the carrot root fly, which has a penchant for, for carrots, uh, strangely, and it, it lays its... Um, lays its eggs at, at the top of the carrot and then the, the little maggots bore down into the carrot and eat it, which is not very pleasant. And and the way to combat those is you basically cover, you put a cover over the carrot. So like a kind of um, a net or, or any kind of a permeable cover that you put over them and it prevents the flies from getting at it. Um, the whole, the, what, what's called the brassica family, so all of the, the cauliflowers, kales, cabbages, all the veg that's really, really good for you. Um, you get the cabbage. You get what's called the cabbage white butterfly. So it, it flies around in the garden, looks absolutely beautiful. Then it lays its eggs on the leaves of the plants, and those eggs turn into caterpillars. And caterpillars eventually will just absolutely munch the plants uh, out of existence, basically. So again, the way to combat them without using chemicals, which I think most of us, when we're growing, you don't want to use chemicals in your garden. Um, a cover again, a cover over the plants itself, so so a physical barrier or a net to stop the the, the cabbage white butterfly from from landing on the plants. Basically, is the way to to control those. So, um, yeah, like it's it's basically there will be all sorts of pests that want to eat the food that you're growing, and what you want to do is, I guess, not get too stressed about that, but definitely try and keep 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 control of it so you end up with um, plenty of food to eat you know right okay so the, um what times of the year then uh, should one be planting as i understand appropriately you should you should be planting your spuds on patrick's day yeah exactly pa- patrick's day so in our house 
like the great tradition is not parades that get out and, and <laughs> the day those poor poor old children are very deprived uh, from that perspective but um so so yeah it is always considered the classic the classic time of the year to sow potatoes i don't think there was any religious sort of connotation to it it was just that it's it's a great time to do it around middle of march uh, for early potatoes so so they're the potatoes that you know when we get new potatoes into the shops in in june and july and um, they're early potatoes so they've a very thin skin and they haven't sort of developed the thick skin yet so they're only in the ground from like mid march to mid june and then they're ready to ready to eat so this is a great weekend to get out and buy yourself some seed potatoes so with potatoes they're like they're literally the potato you eat at home if you leave that in your press it starts to sort of sprout i'm sure most people mm. would be familiar with that and that's the start of the plant so if you put that on into the ground um, it the 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 sprouts turn into a plant which comes up above the ground and then eventually underneath the ground around the original spud you sowed you might get 15 16 new new spuds under the soil so very very easy to grow so typically with most vegetables you're sowing them in the spring and you're harvesting in you know in the autumn that's the sort of general way it works with some veg it's a sort of a it's a one-off harvest so like potatoes we just mentioned you're you're literally digging up the plants and you bring in your 15 spuds into the kitchen and away you go whereas with say a courgette plant or or kale or tomatoes you know you start harvesting maybe in in say july and you'd be keep, you keep harvesting, so you'd you'd be taking it as you need it. Basically, take one courgette today and take another one in three days' time or whatever, and you keep harvesting for maybe you know a kind of a a rolling harvest for maybe three or four months. Mm. Um, and so that's that's the way it works. And then there's a few vegetables, very unusually, where you actually don't sow them in the spring at all. You sow them in the autumn. So garlic is an example of that, where you, you generally sow it around October. Um, and you, you literally take an individual clove from a bulb of garlic, stick that clove into the soil, and over about six months, it magically turns into a, a bulb of garlic. So from one clove, you get one bulb. Um, Michael, we do have to leave it there, I'm afraid, but uh, great advice there. Uh, I'm sure that it uh, spur people into business. So one texture says, yeah, I tried the beer thing, but the slugs ended up opening a nightclub. So now there's noise pollution too. So obviously something to keep an eye on. Uh, Michael, thanks a million. Uh, that was uh, Michael Kelly, their founder of GIY and author of the GIY uh, Diaries. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.